Welcome to Central News. My name is Tim Masemola. This afternoon, we are going to be talking to the Democratic Alliance leader, Dr. Roy. We are going to be talking about the motion of no confidence that removed Jeff Zwane as uh, the executive mayor of Mekimaholo local municipality. There was a statement that was released by the Democratic Alliance, and Dr. Roy is the one who's going to be uh, explaining it further with us here. Dr. Roy, welcome to Central News. Thank you, Tim. Good afternoon. Yes, Doctor, let, let before we go any further, uh, you know, I read your state, your, your statement, I went through it, but one of the things that you said there was it was a very sad day for the people of Meti Mahol. Somebody will say, what does that mean? It is a sad day for the people of Meti Mahol. Well, Tim, firstly, I want you to call me Roy, not, not Dr. Everyone calls me, me Roy. So oh. secondly, I think it, it's a very sad day for Metimolo for the simple reason that where the DA governs, where we take over government from the ANC, we start the long journey. And I want to, I want to emphasize that it is a long journey. It's not a short journey to recovery for that municipality. So we immediately start to get our structures in place, our finances of the municipality back on track on, in terms of service delivery. We get our administration on track. And for the Democratic Alliance, it's not just about plans and budgets. It's about how these budgets and plans actually affect the people's lives and livelihoods on the ground. And that is how we measure our progress. And it is a long journey when you take over municipalities. But the sad thing is that we weren't able to complete this journey, that we were halted in the middle of it, and not even in the middle of it before we were able to progress very far, because it is it, it takes a while to fix what, what is broken. And the reason why it's sad is if you look at ANC-run municipalities across the free state, they in total collapse. We've seen um, the looting of those municipalities and their finances. We've seen that the people sit for days, even months, go to Parais, go to Harry Smith, go to Kwakwa, go to uh, Being People sit days without water. The, the finances are in disarray. They can't even send people bills in many instances. The Eskom debt is extremely high, and I can give you some examples from the MEC that we received in replies in the legislature. Macha Beng, for example, owes the water board over a billion rand. The Eskom debt is far over a billion rand. Smaller municipalities, if you look at their debt to Eskom, I mean, let's say Meng, which is a small municipality, almost 150 million rand. Pumalela. Um, 160 million rand, Mafube, 230 million. And at the moment in Metsimaolo, we don't owe Eskom any money. And that's a very important indicator for us of the recovery of the finances and that your finances are on the right track. And we don't want the people of Metsimaolo to be in the same situation as people in other municipalities in the free state. We were hoping for an opportunity to fix mm -hmm. that municipality and to show the residents what we can do. And we always say to residents, just give us a chance. If we don't meet your expectations, vote us out. 
But you know, that's the problem with the minority government and the people don't give you a majority to govern is that you always um, have this sword over your head that other parties can remove you at any minute. And unfortunately, those parties that have taken over the municipality have a very poor track record, ANC specifically of governance, of um, municipal governance, especially in the free state. The EFF, who now have um, MMC positions, um, they've never governed before and um, they don't have any track record anywhere of good governance. We, at least in the DA, have a good track record where we govern, just go across the border to Midval and see mm -hmm. what we've done with that municipality compared to others in Gauteng, and you'll see our track record. The only track record the EFF have is VBS looting. I think that's about all they have to show for 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 anything that they've done, um, which is not nothing to be proud of, obviously. Yes, somebody might say you you haven't been governing Metima for 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 for, for, for a longer period, like you are saying, you are only given a, a small period. But do, are there any achievements that you can say, even though we governed for a year, two years, but we managed to fix here and here? Well, I think the most important thing is we started to bring we started to bring stability to the administration. So there were many positions that were vacant for many years in the municipality. We appointed a permanent municipal manager, permanent directors, and that's the first step in bringing stability to a municipality. Because we found that you know in ANC-run municipalities with a cadre deployment, they keep playing municipal chairs. To today you got this person, the next day that person, and many of the municipalities in the free state don't have permanent CFOs, don't have permanent municipal managers, and that's why they're in the state that they're in, and that's why they're so unstable. So we started off with that, and then we started to look at the budgets and. The Democratic Alliance, fortunately, have a lot of experience in terms of municipal governance and um, in terms of the Western Cape province, but in places like Midval and other municipalities, we, we govern well. And what we've done is we've also have a governance unit within our party at national level. We also developed one within the free state to support our politicians on the ground to get into government to ensure that they have good service delivery budgets in place to assist them with the administration. Because you must remember, um, this is the, the first for us in the free state. So many of our politicians on the ground don't have much experience in government. So we give them that necessary support. And I must say, I think our mayor and MMCs were fast learners and they really got to grips with their portfolios very fast and our governance unit provincially and nationally. I mean, Ellen Zilla came to Metsimo with all her experience as a mayor, as a premier, the best mayor in the world at one stage, um, she was voted. She came to Metsimo on a number of occasions to give advice, to support and to assist. And then, you know, we, we also controlled municipal debt to Eskom. So at this stage, as the ANC took over, there's no municipal debt to Eskom. I showed examples of other municipalities in the free state. But one of the best achievements, I think, is, you know, when people complained about service delivery issues, and you must remember, we took over a municipality that was run by cadres. We sat with a very hostile administration. It, it took literally more than a year just to get bush cutters to cut grass because the administration was blocking us at places. There was sabotage of equipment that we experienced. 
um, we had a hostile council with because we didn't have a majority in council. The speaker was not a DA speaker to support us either. Um, but with all of that, what we did is we opened dialogue with community organizations. When organizations, you know, complained about something, we said, let's sit down and talk. And we had we had, we ended now with two monthly meetings with community organizations where our mayor and his whole um committee, executive committee, would sit there and the community had an opportunity to ask questions and they would reply to these questions and within two months they would give feedback. Nowhere else in the free state is that happening at the local government level. And I think that's one of the bigger achievements because we believe in consultative government. We want to talk to people, to explain to them, because what most people want on the ground is to know what's happening. They don't want to be left in the dark. I'm sitting in Bloemfontein at the moment where there's no water. And, you know, we don't get enough communication on the ground. Harry Smith and Kwakwa, the Olomoluti Apofung, have been sitting without water, um, not just for months, for, for a very long time. The people on the ground don't know what's happening. So, you know, what we need to do is, as politicians is communicate. And that is what our government there started doing very effectively through community organizations. And those community organizations who initially were a little bit hostile, eventually came on board and said, listen, let's let's see how we can work together to overcome the problems that we have. So those are just a few of the things which I think we can be proud of in Metsimolo. And I think our mayor and MMCs are very proud of there. Speaking of finances, someone might say, during your time as DA, you cannot leave the question of corruption aside. Are there any specific interventions as the Democratic Alliance that you came with trying to combat corruption? Well, I think it's very important that to note that when the Auditor General comes out with his reports, and we sit in the legislature, we've got the Public Accounts Committee there, the biggest issue that they say is they identify problems with finances, irregular expenditure, fruitless, wasteful expenditure, even corruption at times. And there's no consequence management. And our mayor immediately started implementing consequence management. So what the mayor also did is he took so many of those issues identified in those reports and he requested law enforcement agencies to investigate those. So immediately when you do that, you make many enemies within the administration, and you also make enemies with the former politicians who were governing. And then those politicians immediately start looking for ways to get rid of you. And that's, I think, where the problem started, when our mayor took a stance against corruption there and implemented consequence management with his whole executive committee. And we dedicated to that. The DA doesn't stand for, for corruption. And we'll deal with some of the other issues. I'm sure you'll ask the questions just now yeah. on some of the um, issues that our opponents have raised there. And I'm looking forward to answering yeah. that as well. I also wanted to raise a question on the DA when you, when you went to court trying to prevent millions of rents to be paid to Lizelle Trust developer. Can you take us through that as well? Yes, um, this is a very interesting case because it comes for quite a long time. It's very interesting that this issue raised its head 
just 2024, because we know that's where the governing party gets a lot of its funds um, from municipalities and from the provincial government and from from tenders and contracts. And we know that's that 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 is how it is on the ground. I don't think anyone in the free state will argue that there's there's been enough evidence of that. But what happened in this specific case is the municipality received an account from a contractor who was developer who was a developer in the area and developed a, a, a housing development there. And initially, the, the municipality didn't have the funds to put in the bulk infrastructure. So the contractor said, well, they will put in, put in that bulk infrastructure at their cost. But then later, they came with an account and said, you owe us this for bulk infrastructure. And the DA said, we don't agree with this. Um, we don't think that the municipality and the people of Metsimoolo should be responsible for this because it wasn't part of the initial contract. So a lot of pressure was put on the municipal manager to pay this money, and he refused. And I still contest that that's one of the reasons why he was suspended. There might be other things too, but but he refused to sign it. And I think that is that is commendable for someone to stand up and say, I'm not going to to support this. He also recommended to council that they don't support us, but the ANC used their majority in council to say this must be paid. And they eventually suspended him. And the, the first thing that the new acting MM did was to say, we're going to authorize these payments very quickly. That in itself should be, should raise warning lights, you know, the, it should start flickering. So um, we went to court and we said, we're not going to allow the people of Metsimaolo's funds to be looted in this way. And we actually won that court case. And the court said that they must stop all payments to this company. Now, court wouldn't do it if they didn't think that there was something wrong with these payments. So um, that's where we stand at the moment. And that's another way that we're willing to fight for the residents of Metsimoolo under very difficult circumstances, because you must remember all of this is happening while you're minority government, you don't have a majority in council, you've got a hostile um, middle management administration. So, you know, but we did it and we won that case and we stopped those payments and we saved the people of Metsimoolo a, a large amount of money and also perhaps the people of the free state from, from funding a political party party's election campaign. Yes, you also spoke about the suspension of the municipal manager and then uh, the incoming one supported the, 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 the payments and all that. But initially, you also didn't support the suspension of all senior management. Can you also take us through that? Was there anything that has to do with this, uh, this payment or this developer? Well, we... It wasn't only the MM that was suspended, there were other people as well, but, but we believed that the, the motives behind these suspensions was, were political, that these, these individuals were not cadres, um, they were not willing to take instructions from politicians, because we also believe that politicians must be independent from the administrations, they weren't willing to take instructions from politicians and from the former politicians who were running the municipality um, and and from cadres within the municipality. And we believe that is the reason for the suspension. 
And these are brave things to do. It's, it's very brave to stand up to the governing party in the free state. You know, I was very involved with the Frieda Dairy Project and exposing the irregularities that took place there. And I also testified at the Zondo Commission. And one of the things that was worrying about this case is very early on, a senior official within the Department of Agriculture worked in the finance department there, Moses Charke, who was against the payments to the Guptas at that time and who spoke out against them. He was kidnapped, he was tortured, he was murdered. So, you know, it's not easy to stand up to thugs. And I'm not saying that the people there are thugs, but I'm saying in specifically in the Frieda Dairy, um, those, those people were thugs that he stood up against. But yeah. it also creates fear within the administration that, you know, there are consequences for, for standing up for what you think is right. So that's why I say, you know, it, it take, you have to be very brave. And I compliment all officials who stand up to politicians and to their bosses in some instances and say, we are not going to be part of this looting. We're going to stand with the people of the free state. And, and, and there are sometimes consequences, but it's, it's not always the case because we're starting to expose this where whistleblowers are victimized and hopefully... Um, now the, the law enforcement agencies are starting to protect these whistleblowers more. Mm. The budget was approved in, in Metimahon. We spoke mm. about the issue of, of ESCOM, but let us talk about the, the engagement or the dialogue that the DE had with the communities, uh, the community organizations and, and the people of Metimahon in general. How did this benefit the people of Metimahon, particularly in terms of uh, dealing with poor service delivery and making sure that we improve service delivery in Metimahon? I think the most important thing that we try and get our municipal governments to accept is that your budgets must be service delivery orientated and the service delivery must benefit the people of the municipality. So obviously you have to look at bulk infrastructure, but also smaller things in the municipality. And that's where in many instances we found it very difficult, you know, because we inherited administration that wasn't service delivery orientated. They were more orientated towards giving out big tenders and, you know, the administration wasn't fixing roads. We inherited um, a lot of potholes, <laughs> which, which the free state is full of and municipalities are full of. We inherited projects which were half complete and the money was finished or there were various issues relating to those contracts. So, you know, with bulk infrastructure. So there were a lot of issues that we had to try and fathom. And it's very difficult when you get into administration like this, because just to try and find out the history of a project and why the municipality is paying out money to the project from an administration which is hostile towards you, just to try and get tar out of administration and people to fix potholes when you have um, just a handful of people in the whole municipality who are able to do it. When you don't have vehicles, I mean, the traffic department, there is staff, but they don't have vehicles. And when you fix the vehicles, and there were companies like Sassel and others who, who assist the municipality, not just our administration, but others too, to try and um, benefit the community, which is also to their benefit. They also assist, but you know, when they fix something and it gets to the municipality and it's immediately broken, we regard that in many instances as sabotage as well, that 
your attempts to deliver services are sabotaged. But what we do at the end, to come back to your question, is we, we listen to the people on the ground. We have our um, IDPs. Um, we also throughout interact with, with community organizations and other people on the ground. And we at least try to get a decent budget in place. The, the difficult thing is to implement that budget with a, with a hostile administration. But the first thing, as I said in the beginning, you need to do is to put your management in place who are geared towards service delivery. And we like to see independent, skilled people in positions because we don't want them to be political puppets. We want them also to stand up to politicians when necessary. And that mm. is how you implement your budgets. Mm. Roy, not so long ago, the Department of Cogda released a statement whereby they, they mentioned few municipalities that they were saying those municipalities are dysfunctional. And Metimaholu in Fezile was among those municipalities. But on your statement, you are saying Metimaholu was heading towards the right direction in terms of improvement. Well, let me just tell you, I don't take anything that a dysfunctional Department of Cocta in the Free State, which itself is dysfunctional, which itself is struggling um, with its administration. We don't take very seriously what they say. What we do take seriously is, is, is organizations like Ratings Africa, who actually mention Metsimolo as one of the most sound municipalities in the country and in the Free State. So these are the types of people that we listen to. You know, an ANC-run COCTA we're not going to listen to. But let me let me tell you, um, through you to the MEC of COCTA, he has many dysfunctional municipalities which give him sleepless nights, him and the Premier. Well, now Metsima Olo is going to be another one of those municipalities which he's not going to sleep over at night, which he's going to have to worry about, where previously he didn't have to worry about it. Mm. Let, let's talk about uh, the, 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 the removed mayor himself. Uh, he was being accused of uh, maybe allowing me to use, allow his own bodyguard to lead the processes of a security tender that was, that was maybe even to, was even investigated by a private audit company to, to verify if everything went well. And how could a, a, a mayor use his own bodyguard to, to oversee such a big tender, whereas there are other employees within the municipality who could also pro provide the service. Well, let me first set a thing straight. Last year, um, we were, this, this issue was raised with us um, and within our governance unit, and we immediately advised the mayor to be to not to get advanced to be involved in this thing to to be hands off, and if you look at the report, um, there's nothing in the report that says the mayor was directly involved in the tender. In fact, I was looking again at the executive summary just now, and the executive summary says the perception was created. Now you can't work on perceptions. I mean, you have to work on facts, and the fact is that. The mayor wasn't involved in that tent. It was an administrative process. And because the municipality at the time didn't have someone with the expertise, they perhaps incorrectly um, used someone in the mayor's office. But that was an administrative decision. And those investigations will take place. And um, I'm not going to 
interfere politically in that investigation by by discussing the merits of the case here, yeah, because then I'll be making myself guilty of of perhaps interfering. So that that investigation was done, and I think that needs still needs interrogation, but um, we must allow the the processes to be completed regarding that. But the mayor immediately, you know, said he's not he's not involved in this thing. He's not going to be involved in this process. And it's it's not right that um, someone in the mayor's office was necessarily used in the process, um, and the administration explained that there wasn't anyone else that they that they could use at the time, and this person had the procedure qualifications, etc. But it was it was something which we immediately advised the mayor, which is part of our job as a governance unit to look for risks, and we identified this as a risk within the party, and we ad we advised the mayor and the executive committee accordingly and they took our advice in this regard and now a year later you know we we're hearing that this is the reason that the anc and eff are using to try and remove the mayor well um i'm sure they can find some reason somewhere i mean they've just tried the similar thing the eff in in fizile derby and there was mm. nothing substantive there except you know we don't like them they they too political, and you know there was nothing substantive there. So you know at this stage, especially in Metsimolo, I can't take seriously these allegations against the mayor or anyone in that in a political position in that in that government. But it's unfortunate because I think the people of Metsimolo are going to be the losers at the end. We know that you were against the suspension of the five senior officials. And eventually, they were they were suspended. Your reaction on that one? Well, um, as I said, we think that the reasons for the suspension were not because of this contract which they're using. It was because they refused to sign checks to pay people, which the courts later said was irregular. So they were actually vindicated by the courts for refusing to do that, and we believe that is the real reason for the suspensions and and it's sad that um the anc in council used their majority to to approve these suspensions and that is why i said at the beginning you know the people of metsimolo must give us an absolute majority if they want to see an improvement it's very difficult as a minority government where you don't have a majority in council where you can be overruled in council and that's why we went to court. I mean, we don't want to have to go to court to to stop contracts like this. We should, as a government, be able to stop it. And our officials should be able to stop it. But then when you don't have a majority in council, then your opponents use their majority and abuse their majority there to, to enforce decisions. And then you have to, as a government, actually go to court to overturn a decision of your own council. And it's it's an absurd situation. In, in conclusion, do you think that after what happened in Metimaholo, do you think that people are able to see that the ANC, EFF and other small parties, that they are abusing the power that they have? Well, if you look at if you look at Metsi, Metsi Maolo, you know, the ANC, EFF put in um, a small party um, candidate, put up a small party candidate as mayor. They then voted for him. And if you look at the MMCs, there are four EFF, four ANC, 
and one from the MCA. So, you know, these smaller parties have allowed themselves, unfortunately, to be abused by the governing party with their EFF alliance partner in Metsimaolo um, to take over government. And now they're all sharing these positions. And we knew it's going to happen, that they're not going to put another minority government in power. They're going to share these positions and um, go and look at, I think it's interesting, the people of Metsim must go and look at who's got which portfolios as well and which ones are the big have the big amounts of money attached to them, it's going to be interesting to look at that. And it's also sad that, you know, parties like um, some of the other smaller parties also abstained from, from supporting the DA, which is also unfortunate in Metsimolo. But at the end of the day, you know, I always say that in a democracy, you get what you vote for. And until the people give us a majority in Metsimolo, which hopefully will happen at the next election, they're going to continue to, to get this instability. And unstable governments cannot deliver services because they're constantly involved with, with politics. So um, we hope that in future that the people of Metsimolo will, will take better decisions when they go and vote. And I think people in general in South Africa must realize that, you know, your vote is actually more important than what you think. It's in a democracy, that is that is what you have. That's the leverage that you have over politicians and over political parties. And you must use that very wisely. You know, you mustn't be fooled by cheap talk, um, cheap politics um, before an election, maybe a couple of gifts from a political party, which come from your taxpayer money anyway. Um, you know, take sound decisions there because your future and the future of your children depends on that. And we would like Metsimaolo if we could have governed longer to look like Midvol. And let me tell you what's happening in Midvol. Big companies like Heineken moved their headquarters to Midvol, created jobs in Midvol. When the surrounding municipalities have fires, they phone Midvol um, services to come and put out their fires, the fire services, because they don't have those services. And and that's what we were offering the people of Metsimolo, and we're still offering them that, but they're going to have to decide whether they want it. And obviously, next year with the national and provincial elections, the people have that same choice. Okay. Roy, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I've really enjoyed this interview and um, enjoyed your questions. Thank you very much.